0: please exhale. And now let's begin. Welcome to the Science of Light. I'm your host, Rosemary. If you're interested in exploring holistic wellness topics through a perspective that blends spirituality with science, I think you've found the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're here. Let's figure out this life thing together. Welcome back, my friends, to another episode of The Science of Light and sort of, I guess, part two of the Inner Home for the Holidays series. So, if you didn't listen to the most recent previous episode um, titled Inner Home for the Holidays about Santosha, which is contentment, and Pratyahara, which is withdrawal of the senses, um, this is like somewhat related to that, but it's also so I think. As indicated by astrology and Ayurveda and just our Western, like the way we use the calendar and we close out things at the year end and kind of the way things are going like with nature right now. It's a a good time to think about um, how we can release and kind of close things down in order to move into the new year with um, some freshness after having released this past year or even further back than that perhaps for you um so so there there are a lot of indications for that and if you haven't been around for a while you may not know um i talk about it astrologically a ton on my other podcasts my yogi scopes podcast um where i do yoga practices for the astrological weather but maybe you don't care about astrology maybe that's not your thing maybe you're more into the yoga and ayurveda side of things that's why i keep this podcast separate um and and maybe you don't even care about Ayurveda, which is more... Ayurveda is more about living seasonally according to the earth and nature. And as we know, the trees just lost all their leaves, at least here in the northern hemisphere. As we move towards winter and things get cold, everything kind of releases and dies back into the earth to create space to grow back fresh again in the spring. So now we're in this period of still releasing um, before we begin preparing to grow back fresh again and I think even if you don't study or practice or live in alignment with astrology or Ayurveda if you're listening to this podcast you probably practice yoga and you probably know um, or at least have some interest in yoga and you probably know that you know over here in our western society that at least I live in and maybe you do too um, as we move towards December it's the end of the Gregorian calendar year, which is, you know, the January through December calendar where January marks the beginning and December marks the end. And, um, I did a episode about that, about fresh start dates and how it it actually is a really effective way to, um, kind of manifest new behaviors and ways of being in life, having a fresh start. But I think it's important to release, things. And so the theme of this episode will be looking back on the past year or even longer than that um, with gratitude, which is what I've determined is the first step in um, releasing the year is, is looking back upon it with gratitude. So we'll get into that in just a moment. But first, I wanted to make a quick housekeeping note. I am starting a membership. I think I've mentioned it a couple times on this Podcasts already. You can think of it kind of like Patreon, except for like, so if you are an avid listener of podcasts like I am, you've probably heard of Patreon before. It's something that a lot of podcasters and other creators use so that you can basically like subscribe to send them a little bit of money every month to support what they're doing, which is super helpful, especially for a podcast like this one that doesn't rely on outside ads. Um, So instead of me trying to, like push on you to buy some shit that you probably don't need or, um, you know, I don't like ads. So with that said, if you want to support my podcast, you can join my membership, which is kind of analogous to a Patreon, except for I already pay for a website hosting platform that has capabilities to offer a membership through my website. So I'm not going to pay another service, some more fees to do that. You can just sign up for it through my website. Actually, you can't as the time of this episode's releasing, the sign-up will not be live on my website, but once it is, on Friday, in fact, Black Friday, um, it will be live. I'm sure you'll be able to find it if you're on my social media um, or my email list or you just go to my website. I'll make it accessible for you to find, but I just want you to know also, like, so I'm running it as a Black Friday special, which is like, yeah, you know, I have my feelings about that, um, and I talked about it last episode, in fact, but I'm doing it anyway um, just as a kind of way to, like, offer the folks of you that that already know how much you value and support my work that this would be an easy decision for you to make to join this membership. Um, the cheapest price it will ever be offered, so of course it's offered at a limited time, but if you've been around for a while, you probably know that this is something that you're going to get value out of And you already enjoy my work and think it's worth supporting, so you'll probably think it's fine to sign up. And then it'll still be available to sign up afterwards, just not for this cheap. So how cheap is it? It will be $108 for the entire year. So that is $9 a month, which is pretty cheap. Um, I guess I should tell you what you're getting before I tell you how much you have to pay for it. Whoops. I'm not very good at sales. (laughs) So... um, so you'll get basically, um, with this podcast I want to enforce the idea that it's like, kind of like Patreon. If you just enjoy my work and want to support it, this is the best way to do so in a in a financially small way. Because you probably don't want to just go by private sessions with me all the time. I'd love it if you did, but um, maybe that's not like on a monthly basis realistic for you. Anyway, so you will get Astrology forecast exclusive astrology forecast exclusive new moon gathering so the new moon gatherings I've mentioned them here before um I was doing them free for a while and then I would get a bunch of signups and like not that many people like not that many people would come so I wanted to make it this incentivized this is what I've learned when you offer things for free Um, a lot of people sign up and are interested, but your commitment is low if you didn't pay for it. So if you're paying for it through the membership, which you're also getting a lot more than the new moon circles, you're more likely to come because then also you'll know some of the same faces and folks that come every time. Um, and then if you don't want to join the membership, those will now be $25, um, new moon circles every month as a drop in, which is like a super reasonable price for a drop-in workshop like that. Um, and then so you'll also get, I'm developing a calendar for next year's, all of next year's astrological transits, you know, all every time the, a planet changes signs, um, all the retrogrades, all the new moons and full moons. So if you want to plan your year, if you want to have all that stuff ahead of time, which of course I'll be going over it on my other podcast as the time comes up but if you want to just know for your own sake and be able to look at it ahead of time um, for your own self-study you'll get that for free although I'll be offering that separately for $37 so that's another perk of the membership and then just other little lessons like that I actually have some really cool um, guests lined up for this show that I've actually one I've already Interviewed. Um. Some I have some lots of cool interviews that aren't going out until the new year, and so since they're not going out for over a month, now I have time to develop supplemental materials, um, to go with those interviews. So, like for example, uh, one of the things we'll be covering is living in alignment with the moon cycle, and especially if you, um, menstruate and have a menstrual cycle that might be a little extra relevant for you. So there will be extra worksheets and um, just helpful ways to work with that. That's just an example. So when when things like that come up, they'll go out for free to members. I suppose when I've already made them, I might be able to offer them for sale. Um, but so far I haven't done anything like that because it just has been time prohibitive to just do stuff like that for free. But if you're signing up for my membership and kind of, you know, supporting my work in that way, then I'll have more, more bandwidth, more time, more resources to pour into giving you supplemental materials to go along with the podcast. Because I know personally, when I listen to podcasts, I get a lot of value out of them. But I usually listen to it when I'm like multitasking. So if that's where you find yourself, and you are like, wow, I really wish I had some more resources to like, dive into intent with some intention, membership would be the place for that. So $108 a year or $9 a month if you sign up for the yearly price or if you sign up for monthly, if you don't want to make a whole year's commitment, that's fine. It'll be $14.99 a month, which is still super cheap for what you'll be getting. And within mind, so that yearly price is 40% off the monthly price already. And then within mind that you will be getting... Um, that's the founder's price. And once you sign up at that price, I will never, ever, ever raise it on you unless you cancel. like if you need to pause your membership for some reason and you reach out to me directly, I'm like a super understanding person and I have the power to like pause your membership for you and let you keep that same price. Um, but if you were to like cancel it and just not talk to me about it, you wouldn't be able to like go back and sign up. Again, at that same price, because this is only going to be offered, like, for the people that have been around. Y'all are, like, y'all my faithful uh, supporters that have been around, my A1s, you know, that would be ready to make this jump. Um, I've been talking about it for a couple weeks now, so if you're interested in that, look out for it this Friday. And then after that, the price goes up, and it'll probably only keep going up as it keeps getting better. So sign up for this Founders Price. Yeah, I'm grateful that you're here. Um, Look out for that on Friday. And now to dive into looking back on the year with gratitude and yoga practices that will support you in doing so. So um, I want to say I have, okay, so five yoga, wellness, you know, mindfulness practices to support you um, in your gratitude practice, I have the word in Sanskrit, like usual, the closest thing I could find, and then I have three journal prompts. So stick around for those things. Of course, I'll recap it at the end. Um, but I just want to start with an example. So the reason we look back on the year with gratitude to kind of release the year. So we know that gratitude helps us. Um, If you focus, if you count your blessings, it seems like you have more blessings, right, than if you count your curses and then that, like, where your attention goes, energy flows. Like, we know that. We might have heard that before. Um, Unless you've, like, really practiced it, you might not have an embodied understanding of that. But if you have really practiced it, you might kind of know, or at least somewhere in your awareness, because everybody says this all the time, how beneficial a gratitude practice is and how much it kind of reinforces what you have to celebrate when you do celebrate it more often. And so we know that. Um, but I'm here to kind of power that up with some little extra ways to practice this that you might not have thought of or ways to practice it through your yoga practice. but then also where does it come into play with releasing the previous year so that you can um, step into the next year with more fullness is, The idea that when, so your goals are like always on the horizon, right? And it's something, we all have goals that we're moving towards. And if you're driving in a car or on a train or whatever, on a bicycle, walking, I don't know, and you look at the horizon, you're moving towards the horizon. No matter how much you move towards that horizon, it just keeps getting further away. The horizon never gets any closer, So if you're always looking forward at your goals, it can feel like you're just always in this perpetual state of, like, never being where you want to be. Um, So even as you accomplish huge goals off of the to-do list, you know, get things done, accomplish things, have big successes and wins, odds are you probably have new ones showing up, which is... The same thing as the horizon just getting further away as you walk towards it, right? So um, it's kind of the same thing when evaluating your success. Every once in a while, you just have to look back and be like, wow, I am really in a place that like five years ago me or ten years ago me or even one year ago me or, you know, whatever the case may be, prayed to be or wished to be or could only have hoped to be in. So you have to look back every once in a while and just really like cultivate an appreciation for that. Um, So I think it's also, it also like we have a negativity bias, which is, so even if you consider yourself like a really optimistic person, like I kind of do myself, um, or you are a type of person who tries to practice gratitude and tries to always see the good, we have, so... You have this thing in your brain called your amygdala, it's your threat response center, and its job is to protect you from threats. And so it's just like it operates on the subconscious level. Um, and if you see something like a shadow, you're more likely to interpret it as a threat than you are to interpret it as like something safe. I like I don't know if I'm explaining that well. Maybe you could look into it. I don't want to get too far down that rabbit hole because that's not my point. But um, I just want to point out, you can look up the negativity bias, that we all have this, this innate, super primal thing in our brains that protects us from threats. And that's what it's there to do is to protect. So to just know that our brain is kind of hardwired, even that's why we have to practice gratitude. So even if you consider yourself an optimistic person, a grateful person, a happy person, a blessed person, you practice this a lot. It's a continuous practice, because your brain is like always looking for threats. And now we're kind of past as a species. um, Like a lot of I mean, I live in an area that has bears. But like, I don't really find myself, like, worried about apex predators in that way, but, like, uh, do you find yourself ever, like, worrying about, um, the way somebody, like, interacted with you, if it's, you know, just threats to, like, our inner security and safety, so it can also, we can have that, what that translates to in this conversation is, um, a bias towards noticing our failures. Like maybe we look back over the past year a lot and we're like, well, that didn't work. That didn't work. A lot of stuff didn't work. Probably, especially if you're trying to like kind of blaze your own trail in life, probably do a lot of stuff, like probably messed up a lot. Maybe. I mean, I know I do. Like you can look back over this year. I talked about how this podcast has been out for a year and this is only like episode 36 and there's uh 52 weeks in a year. So how many weeks did I miss an episode? with the intention of doing this podcast weekly, you know, so our brain is focused, is hardwired to focus on our failures and our shortcomings and the threats to our security, um, in that way. So we have to take time to sit down and practice gratitude. So you've probably heard of, gratitude journaling, right? Okay, so we know about that. But what I'm talking about in this episode is, I think that's a great practice. Like if you just write down or think about or whatever, say out loud, I don't know, meditate on like even just three things every day or every couple of days when you think of it that you're grateful for. doesn't matter if it's like always the same one or two and there's like, you know, mostly the same stuff you're grateful for all the time, that's actually fine. You know, part of the gratitude practice is to um, get more into noticing what you're grateful for in the mundane because most of life is mundane. Like most of life is not big sweeping heaps of progress and windfalls and, you know, social media worthy whatever, right? Like most of life is mundane and so the more we can – practice, being grateful in the mundane, the better, better off we're going to be with it. So um, that kind of leads into the Sanskrit word I have for you, Sanskrit idea. But before I get there, I just want to say why finish the looking back on the year with gratitude thought. Um, I, I encourage you to look back over the past year especially, but maybe longer. Maybe you're measuring your time in some different way. Maybe it's like since COVID started or since X traumatic event in your life or since um, like some, some kind of turning point other than the beginning of the year. Because as you know, I think there's a lot of other ways we can measure our time than just the calendar. The calendar is a great one because that's how our society operates. But, you know, maybe it's since a certain event that marks really importance in your life, or maybe it's a lunar cycle or maybe it's, but I would encourage something longer than a lunar cycle is kind of what I'm getting at. Um, Something comparable to a year or longer, uh, but maybe not too long. I don't know, whatever. It could be five years. Who knows? Just look back over a decent chunk of time and, and focus on what worked for you. You know, like what have you done well? What has been successful for you? You know, did a year ago, you or five years ago, you like, it could be something really little. Maybe you feel like you haven't actually made any progress. But that's that negativity bias I was talking about. So look back and see, maybe your progress has been maybe you've been in a place where you've had like something going on, where you couldn't really, your situation is kind of like, stagnant, I guess, or like, You feel like you're not making any progress towards your dreams or goals, but even the fact of, like, hanging on and not sliding backwards is also something gratitude-worthy and success-worthy. So just try to cultivate some gratitude around your successes over the past year, past several years, whatever. Um, But so to talk about the Sanskrit philosophy I have for you, is this So there's a mantra in Sanskrit called kritajna hum. And as you may know, maybe you don't, but um, there's another mantra called Soham. And Soham means I am that. And it's like it's kind of trippy. It's kind of a mindfuck because it's like that what, you know. <laughs> so it's like I am the universe. I am everything. Like everything is within me, you know um and the more like i encourage you sometime to maybe sit down that's one of my favorite mala bead meditations if you have a set of mala beads there's 108 beads on a string and you um you hold it between two fingers and you move them you have to I, like so it's 108 times of saying something and soham is a really good one cuz it's short <laughs> it's like the shortest mantra i know um and it means I am that. And I encourage you, if it doesn't resonate right now, to try and meditate on that sometime um, and see what you come up with, because that's kind of the idea. But that was a just long tangent, because you all know how my brain works. I like tangents and extra context, extraneous context, even. Um, <laughs> so, hum is the I am part, and kritajna is gratitude. So that is like, I am gratitude. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to cultivate gratitude as a state of being, not just a practice, but a way of showing up in your life. And I'll get more into what I mean by that when I get to the five practices. Um, but so I want to break down the root word, kritajna, for you. Because I've I've heard it said to mean gratitude, but that's not really... What it actually means, it like based on its root words, the krita part means cultivated, and the J N A, a part, um, like you might have heard of, jnana mudra j n a n a, but it's people pronounce it jnana mudra jnana, mudra. people pronounce it a lot of weird ways, but it's spelled j n a, n a, and it's the one you see in all the photos where people have their fingertip their pointer fingertip to their thumb and the rest of their three fingers extended it's the one you you all know that one that mudra that hand symbol and it means people often say it's like the wisdom mudra um but it means consciousness which you know, wisdom consciousness like okay um so basically kritajna means cultivated consciousness so to me, that means like the ultimate presence. Um, And I think that's like, how better to embody gratitude than to just be super present all the time. Because if you're truly grateful for a moment, you will probably savor it. Like whatever that is, if it's a dish of food that you're grateful for, or a person, if you're truly grateful for a person, you're more likely to really savor your time with them, right? So I just want you just to kind of sit with that idea that in yoga philosophy, the closest thing I could find to gratitude was basically just embodying extreme presence. And honestly, that was kind of my inclination when I was, like, meditating on this topic um, before I started jotting down my notes on it and stuff and and doing the research on it that I usually do um, was my inclination was, like, what is what is true gratitude is presence. So I'll explain more about what I need mean with that through the five practices I have to offer you. So one is gratitude journaling, and we all know about that, where it's like you write down, three to five, or however many you come up with things, ideally every single day at the same time of day, maybe when you wake up or before you go to bed or when you sit down to do your yoga practice or on your lunch break, whenever you do it. Ideally every day, hopefully at least once a week, um, if you do this practice in a journal or in a book or on a piece of sticky note, whatever, you just write down like a few things you're grateful for. And you could write it down with, extensive thoughts around that or you could just write the things and so I did this practice honestly I'll I'll be honest with y'all I haven't done it in several months actually like more than a year okay I haven't done it more than a year but I did it for a period of more than a year um a while ago and I noticed that often like the same things were coming up and it was usually related to like my partner um my comfortable house, like, you know, the food that I have to eat, like, those were the most common things. Like, usually it was, like, the people in my life were really common ones that came up for me. But I want you to also – I want to also encourage you, like we talked about last episode, to think about your inner gifts. Um, so, what are you really good at? And that's actually because I was doing this while I was in college because that was, like, a super hard time. So, I felt like I needed that little boost um, of positivity in my life is honestly why I practice this a lot then. And now I feel like I don't need to like write it down. I'll explain more why in a second. Um, but, um, I, I would sometimes write like, I'm grateful that I'm smart. Cause I wouldn't have to like cram for a test because I'm really attentive in class for the whole semester. And I kind of absorb the material as it comes along. So I don't have to like make flashcards and stay up late and shit. Cause you know, and so I was like, dang, like I'm really grateful for that quality about myself, you know, <laughs> like, and I would sometimes write that down. And so I would encourage you to sometimes look at that, but, um, my next two practices, cause I think they kind of go together, um, is kind of two approaches at the same thing. The thing is mindfulness and the two approaches are breath and being in nature, Um, that I have for you to cultivate that mindfulness. But like I was saying, mindfulness is the biggest expression of gratitude. And that's where I think the more you practice savoring the moments you're in, which includes practicing being okay in really hard moments, practicing that emotional regulation, something I talk about in the show often, so I'm not going to go too far down that rabbit hole right now. But um the more you practice mindfulness, first of all, the better you get at um, being present even in hard moments to sit with those the harder stuff, but the more kind of embodied your gratitude practice becomes because, okay, so I noticed one of the most common things I wrote down when I was doing that gratitude practice was for my partner, and I truly am grateful for him like all the time, but I like... So this is going to be so – I'm going to get cheesy for a second, y'all. But, like, this morning I had to wake up at, like, 5 a.m. And he doesn't wake up that early because I had to leave at 6 to go teach a class. And um, I, like, rolled over and looked at him before I, woke, like, got out of bed. And he was, like, snuggly in the covers. And I was just like, wow, I really love this human. And I, like, I feel like that mindfulness practice of, like – taking in those moments, like just a quick moment before you get out of bed. Like he didn't know that, like he was asleep and I don't think he listens to my podcast anymore. So he's not going to hear that. Um, but like just little moments like that. Um, and I'll get in a second to another practice related to that, but just little moments of really like the more you practice mindfulness through, okay. So basically, um, breath practice and being in nature, like the practices I have for you to enforce that mindfulness. But um the more you practice mindfulness, I feel like that's how you live your gratitude. So you can write this shit down all you want, like, sure. Uh, and And I think you should, totally, especially if you're in a harder place and you feel like you need that reinforcement. But I don't honestly think that you always need to write down three things you're grateful for every day. If you're taking, if you've reinforced the habit so much in your life, the gratitude habit, that you, like, when a moment comes up that you're grateful for, like something that you would have written down in your journal or whatever, that you, like, take five seconds to savor that moment, right? Um, so I think that's the living expression of gratitude, which is supported by the Sanskrit philosophy that I found. Or maybe I had a confirmation bias and found that Sanskrit word because that's what I already... Th- That was already my inclination about gratitude practice. Um, But so how do breath and being in nature facilitate mindfulness? Just quickly in a nutshell, because there's a lot to this, and I actually talk about this a lot. But um, if you can be in nature, it usually, I feel like, in my opinion, um, is a pretty – I don't want to say it's like stimulus-free, but it's less overstimulating than all the screens and – Noise and shit. We're usually around if you're like in a city or whatever. But um, that's actually when I lead yoga hikes. That's when I lead like a five senses meditation to really get folks in touch with their senses because there is a lot of stimulus, stimuli, stimulus in nature, um, like smells and sounds and. But it it often like it's it's pretty quiet. Like a lot of times when people need some peace in their day, they'll like put on nature sounds you know, because it's calming. And so when you can calm your senses like that, it's easier to become really present when you're not overstimulated by things like blue light and constant noise and bustle and hustle of Western life. So if you can get out in nature and, you know, some people say some stuff about earth ions or negative ions and grounding and whatever. I don't know about that. I don't like y'all know, this is called the science of light. I kind of like things when they're evidence-based. I don't know a whole lot about the evidence behind negative ions and grounding and all that, but I do know there is a lot of evidence behind being in nature and how it kind of facilitates stress reduction and release. And then also breath. Um, so pranayama practice and yoga, that's breath practice. Uh, it's more nuanced than that, but Um, breath makes a really good object of meditation because when you're thinking about your breath, you can't be thinking about anything else. Go ahead and try it. You know, it's like that really super simple meditation. If you just like count, count your breaths all the way to 10. And every time you think about something else, you have to start over. And it could be a while before you notice you're thinking about something else. And you're like, oh shit, what number was I on? You know, (laughs) like I've done it. Trust me. Um, so try that. And like inhale, exhale, one. Inhale, exhale, two. And every time you notice yourself thinking of something else, you have to start over and see how long it takes you to get to 10. And so that's just what I mean. Like you think about something else, so you're not thinking about your breath anymore. But the more you think about your breath, the more you practice that, you might notice that it gets easier for you to get to 10 faster. So it's worth trying. Um, and there are lots of different yoga techniques for facilitating breath awareness, but it's a fantastic object of meditation because you can't be thinking about anything else if you're directing your awareness to your breath, which is kind of the idea behind yoga practice, too. You can't be you have to be really present if you're thinking about your breath and your body. We give you things to think about to direct your awareness to, so your awareness isn't directing you, basically. So that's kind of the idea behind mindfulness, breath and nature are two of my favorite biggest tools, and I just feel like being in nature makes me really grateful. I know a lot of people don't have that experience because they're like, "uh, bugs, cold, the elements, I don't know, whatever. Um, So if that's not for you, then throw that one out the window. Choose one of the other four practices. I don't know. But if that has been your experience, bookmark it. Try to practice it more. Try to spend more time in nature. Um, And then number four is a heart-opening yoga practice. So... I could say a lot about the energetics of heart opening and the mind body connection related to the heart space, the heart chakra, but for the sake of time I won't really get there. I just just know that we like most of us have some kind of awareness connection culturally around the heart space and love and all that stuff so and what that means. And so for what it's worth, without over complicating this too much at this far into the podcast just know that especially opening the front side of the heart when you have the intention of cultivating gratitude um it's really beneficial because that's kind of the place we associate with love in our culture in our lives so heart opening practice it's a symbol it's a uh, an awareness marker in our mind that I'm gonna like create a bigger space for love and openness and gratitude. So take that with a grain of salt. I will probably be doing more nuanced episodes on topics like that because they're really relevant to the yoga therapy training I'm doing. Um, But I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole right now. Um, And then the fifth practice I have to offer you is acts of service, or just saying thank you. So that's kind of what I was saying a minute ago why I don't always feel the need to write down my gratitude practice as often anymore. I don't like feel like I need to do that because I feel like I know what I'm grateful for. I feel like gratitude journaling is super helpful if you're in a hard time and you need the extra boost. If you're feeling flooded by negative emotions and experiences and you need extra reminder and boost, but if you're not feeling that way and you're feeling like it's just an extra thing and it feels cheesy or whatever, um, then maybe just practice being of service more, you know, if you are truly grateful for a person or an experience or an opportunity or whatever, then you'll probably give more of yourself to that thing because you're grateful that it exists in your life, um, or even just saying thank you for like cheesy stuff. Like my partner and I like have shared our funds for years, but I still say thank you when he buys me dinner or he says thank you when I buy something, even though it's like both of our money, you know, like whatever. It just, you know, things like that, like saying thank you in a time where you feel like it might be understood, don't ever, ever imply that it's understood because that's a really great way. To make people in your life feel like they're not appreciated. Because I don't know about you, but like when I wash the dishes every damn day of my life and nobody says thank you, I get a little grumbly about it. But when somebody says, hey, thanks for cooking dinner and washing the dishes, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm happy to do it. You know what I mean? Like just things like that. It's like, I don't know. I just think about how it feels to be appreciated for the small things. So that's kind of getting back to the Sanskrit mantra of Kritajna hum, I am gratitude. Try to live your gratitude practice through, okay, so here's the five practices recap uh, gratitude journaling, if you need the extra boost. Um, and then, so journal about gratitude, but then try to harness that, the things that you gra- journal about. Uh, through mindfulness and to strengthen your mindfulness you know so mindfulness when you find yourself in those moments or with those people or whatever um, that you will find yourself really grateful for just take a couple extra seconds of brain power to be really grateful for that and kind of just acknowledge it in your head you know Um, and if you want to reinforce that mindfulness practice either spend some time in nature And think about what in nature makes, you know, maybe think about your gratitude or what you're grateful for or just practice, reinforce your mindfulness practice or um, even just breathing. You know, when you want to spend a couple of moments in mindfulness and a moment you're really enjoying, just turn to your breath, you know, take a few mindful breaths and really savor that moment or spend more time doing breath practice to get really – in tune with your ability to savor moments and to be in a moment fully without letting your mind wander, is the idea. And then four is a heart-opening yoga practice, and five is acts of service or just saying thank you, saying thank you more often. So some three journal prompts related to looking back on the past year with gratitude. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna make it four. I didn't have this one written down. But I feel like this one uh, sums up. This is the bonus one that I didn't that I just thought of. sums up kind of what I the practices I just talked about and the Sanskrit thing. How, so maybe you journal around Kritajna Hum. So that's K R I T A J N A H U M. Maybe you want to try that mantra out and journal around. This one's a little more esoteric. How are you embodying gratitude? Right. Maybe you write down, I am gratitude, and then write down ways how you have been or could be embodying gratitude. Okay, And then the three that I did have written down were, one, what were your biggest wins this year? I encourage you to spend some time with that one. Come back to it. Maybe jot it down in a place that you can keep writing down more as you think of them because I think you'll think of more um, without like in more than one sitting, like don't try to relegate it to one sitting, but just look back over the past year, past whatever chunk of time you decide upon um, and think about your biggest wins. Um, and then two, if you keep or have kept a gratitude journal, what things come up most often? Oh, I did have that question. <laughs> just stated in a different way. Um, What things come up most often for you in your gratitude journal Or what are you most grateful for? And how did you show that gratitude with your actions? How did you embody that gratitude? Uh, Or how could you do it better if you want to do it better, if that's a thing for you? Um, And then finally, coming back to the gift inventory I talked about last episode, what are your biggest gifts? Uh, What are you really good at? What skills do you have? You know, I, I encourage you to... Cultivate some gratitude for yourself, for your own body, for the things it does for you. These things we say at the end of a yoga class. You might have heard this from your yoga teacher often. So don't just think of other people, places, things, situations, and ideas that you're grateful for. Don't forget to include yourself because you're probably pretty awesome too. Um, You could listen back to the last episode if you haven't already to hear more about what I mean by that. So quick recap. uh, What were your biggest wins this year? Try to revisit that one. What are your inner gifts and how have you embodied gratitude? So that's it for today. I'm really glad you're here. I'd love to hear from you about how this practice is going for you. Don't forget to like, rate, subscribe, review, share this episode. If it meant something to you, reach out to me, check out my other podcast, all the things. You know where to find me. It's always in the show notes. All right. I'm grateful for you all. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of me living my dream just by listening to this podcast. Always remember to keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars, and stay in the light. Thanks, y'all. Until next time.